Welcome to Leading with Hope, a podcast for leaders and volunteers of Living Hope, helping you lead like Jesus envisions. Good morning, everyone, or evening, I guess, if that's when you're listening to the podcast. My name's Colin, and uh, today's joined by a special guest, Daniel. He's preaching for us this weekend, and he's going to yeah. be kind of giving us some insight here on the podcast mm-hmm. about the sermon that he's been preparing, because Pastor Kirk is on vacation. So the old adage goes that when the cat is away, the mice will play. And that's all it's been at Living Hope this weekend. This week has just been the staff having fun and, you know, having parties, eating baskets full of chocolates. So <laughs> that's yeah, true. Yeah. It is true. Yeah, so, right. so Daniel, how about you introduce yourself to everyone and just... Yeah. Well, what do you want to know? Uh, what do you do, Daniel? What do I do? Okay, yeah, well, uh, my name is Daniel, like Pastor Collins says, and we are having a lot of fun here without Kirk. <laughs> um, so I, I guess uh, at Living Hope in particular, I, I work with the youth and the young adults and uh, get to uh, recruit teams that love on them just as much as I do, and we get to draw them closer to Jesus. That's, that's something I really enjoy doing uh, while being here. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, how about you share an interesting fact about yourself? And I didn't let you prepare for this, so this is on the spot. Like, yeah. we kind of asked this question. What's one interesting thing about you? Okay, well, um, for people who don't know uh, and are listening, uh, if you, get, you guys can't see us, but I, I do look a little different than Colin. And so, that's your interesting uh, That's my interesting fact. Yeah, right. I look different because uh, I'm Vietnamese. And so my interesting thing is I, I was born in Canada, but uh, so, so I, I sound Canadian. Yes, but, you do. Uh, yeah. I'm Vietnamese and uh, I've grown up that way and my parents have raised me to be Vietnamese. And the interesting thing I would say is um, I'm learning more and more what it means uh, mm. to be Vietnamese in a Canadian context because because there's one time where <clears throat> we visited Vietnam and uh, you know of course I look Vietnamese yes but obviously the people there like this guy is Canadian like he's or American in their eyes right because they're so similar and and so I just in this weird <clears throat> uh, kind of dichotomy of like oh am I Vietnamese am I Canadian I don't know where I am and um, so just yeah. figuring that out. And I'll just tell you the, the good news, the end of the story, the happy ending is that uh, my identity is in Jesus. And that's Amen. what I was going to say. That. Yeah, yeah so. you are loved. That's what you are. Yeah. My God. So was it like when people saw you in Vietnam or was it like when you opened your mouth that like there was no hiding and no secret anymore? <laughs> you know, even though I look like them, you know, I, I have a bit more fat on my cheeks, you know, and, you, oh. and, and Canadians, we, we eat differently. And so and, and even, yeah, even my broken Vietnamese and our customs and how we um, treat each other. It's just, it's amazing how much, how, how many layers there are to culture that just exposes you when you're kind of thrown into it. And wow. so I didn't feel Vietnamese when I was in Vietnam, yep. but I don't feel Canadian sometimes when I'm in Canada. So, and that's actually a, um, uh, a common thing for a lot of my friends who yeah. are also born in Canada wow. and second generation. And um, from my understanding, what you're kind of sharing with us is actually 
where the sermon was born out of this week, right? Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. We're going to talk about that a little bit. So I guess uh, let's just uh, start with the, the first question that I had like fielded to you. Uh, what's the big idea about the sermon this week? It's called The Shepherds Adore Him. The right? Shepherds Adore Him, yes. And I was really glad when Kirk gave me this um, this topic to talk about the shepherds. And the more I dived into their lives, I, I just realized how much it's um, talking about my own story. And so the big idea I have, um, I came up with was Jesus remembers the forgotten. Mm-hmm. And uh, where, where I came up with this idea was um, that the shepherds were actually a group that was forgotten by society uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, a lot of people saw them as thieves. And number two, they were uh, sometimes because of what they've done, the nature of their jobs, they were sometimes deemed as ceremony, ceremonially unclean. Oh, so like if they were of Jewish descent, then they wouldn't be allowed into the city for worship and to participate in society yeah. in that way. So right. not only was it their job was, you know, kind of like smelly, yeah. they were living with sheep, but also they were just kind of cast to the outside, even spiritually. Yes, exactly. So. And and I'll just talk about it a little quickly. Um, they were thought of as thieves because um, uh, as uh, civilization started to settle, like as uh, when it started back when um, uh, 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 Joseph and, and Jacob moved to Egypt, the Egyptians all had farmlands, right? They, they mm-hmm. were agriculturalists. They yeah. knew their stuff. But um, uh, the patriarchs were um, nomadic. They moved yeah. from place to place with their herds. And so uh, there was this immediate tension because the farmers grow their crops, but mm-hmm. then the sheeps need place to eat their crops. And so yeah. usually um, that created a lot of tension with farmers and shepherds. And so then when shepherds were looking for places to feed their sheep, um, it's usually in the farmlands. And so Wow, farmers so were they in, would like trespass. And, yeah, exactly. And that, that's an interesting thing, like yeah. an established culture like uh, like the Egyptians they set roots down like literally yes, they were right. farmers agriculture because they were like this is where we belong this is you know we accept one another and so they could put roots down whereas like the patriarchs for the Israelites yeah they had no place to call no, home and they so did. they yeah. they had to take whatever they had that mm-hmm. was important to them with them so yeah and so there's just a centuries of of this um happening and and then, so then the shepherds are always competing and all of a sudden they get pushed literally to the edges of society and they get pushed outside society and so physically they they were marginalized they're disenfranchised they're people who were forgotten and so they had to fend for themselves and yeah that okay did you come across anything because sacrificial worship in the temple relied upon their profession but they were ostracized as people people wanted their product but not them so did you read anything about that like because right. like the yeah. temple operated by sacrificing, you know, the unblemished lamb. Well, yeah. who's raising it? Who's it's the shepherd, but at the same time no one really wanted to relate to them. Was there any Yeah, I the best I can do is speculate. Like I oh, think okay. that um, you know, they're sleeping it, sometimes um because sheeps they they just need so much care and attention and so sometimes the shepherds uh they would bring them to 
caves sometimes and they'd sleep in these caves and they'd have to sleep across the front door so that the the sheeps don't wander out and uh, so sometimes sleeping in the front door is you're sleeping in dung you're well, sleeping in yeah. sheep's dung but the other thing is they're also protecting the sheep from wild animals and so they're they're killing them and they're 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 being they're touching unclean things wow and so, uh, so that's from speculation i would just imagine that uh you know without um uh going through the rituals they the religious leaders just deem them as unclean and that's kind of my best guess and um and just to imagine what it's like to be a shepherd well this is very interesting but was there something that jumped out in your studies that really captured you or was this kind of part of it um yeah so like those that just being uh from that perspective being in the shepherd's shoes uh just seeing how they relate to even um, some people groups in our society today, right? Like, uh-huh. uh, I just realized that this is not just an occupation, but this is how sometimes we we ourselves treat some people in our society in terms mm-hmm. of, um, like, back then, now that the shepherds are ostracized, anytime someone sees a, a rod or a staff, they'd be like, oh, no, they're up to no good. They're going to come and steal my crop, right? But for, for us, when we th- see certain things like that may be st- stereotyped, like, we all of a sudden, we mm. have these quick judgments of, of people. And so that that, that kind of helped me really relate, oh, man, this is uh, just a couple of bad eggs have ruined a whole people group like a, like ruined the reputation of a whole people group for for them right and, and maybe there were some some shepherds who were intending to steal so maybe there weren't but yeah. it just it just created this stereotype for them yeah. and so that was a i can share a story kind of in that vein if you want no i don't really want to hear it no, no are you sure okay, <laughs> okay man it was a good it would be very applicable okay, so, well, let's hear it, yeah. uh so when i was a youth pastor working with youth i can remember we were doing a sandwich handout in downtown pa yeah it's just rough. It's a rough neighborhood. And PA, one of the one of the, the markers that you're in Prince Albert is that you'll find needles everywhere. Mm. And I can remember uh, we were handing out sandwiches and uh, a few of the youth uh, saw a fellow who was who was preparing a needle. And they were, they were like, is that guy doing drugs? Yeah. And I was like, yes, but it's insulin. Because mm-hmm. he was actually, yeah, exactly. he, I knew him, and he's diabetic, and so even though he was living on the street, he still had the supplies. So there was that that perception that if if somebody saw this man with a needle downtown Prince Albert, the automatic jump to conclusion is that he's doing drugs of some sort. Yes, exactly. When in reality, he is, you know, he's surviving as best he can with, yeah. you know, he had type two diabetes, mm-hmm. and so he needed to you know, shoot his insulin so that he could kind of yes. survive. And so it's yes. just that sort of perception, like yes, when we exactly. see somebody, and I'm not saying that this is all situations, because yes. the common denominator would be that somebody is using drugs. But in this man's case, he was, he was but it was his yeah. insulin that Great. he needed. So, yeah, I guess that's that kind of jump to conclusion that yeah. when we see somebody with a needle in a in a rough situation, we automatically assume that it is some sort of narcotic, narcotic of some sort. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, you got, you got, you got the idea. Exactly. All right. So, uh, let me ask you the next question. Um, what didn't make it into the sermon? This is something Kirk and I, uh, when we do this podcast, it's, we, this is sort of the information that, you know, sometimes pastors find very interesting and, you know, you're reading books, you're, you're, you're studying commentaries, you're kind of, seeing what is in the scripture there, what is the Lord trying to, to teach his people, what is he trying to uh, inspire us with, how do we see the gospel in the scripture. So what didn't make it into your sermon? Yeah, right. And 
Uh, to be honest, there there was a lot right that I didn't add, that I didn't add. and because I I had to pick and choose. And something Kirk always teaches me is um, you gotta kill your darlings. I think that's the phrase. What? Um, okay, explain the explain the phrase. No, I'm, I'm just gonna leave at that. Okay, kill you your gotta, darlings. No, and what he means is. Um, uh, uh, as you're writing sermons, there's always going to be things you want to mention, like extra mm-hmm. facts. And this is exactly what the nature of this question, right? That, But you got to pick and choose what, what is relevant to your sermon for that 40 mm-hmm. minutes. Anyways, there's there's tons of stories that came up because, again, um, as I was writing this sermon, I just uh, I was journeying with it, right? Yeah. And so um, I think one quick thing that I can mention is um, uh, being at Living Hope, I um, have been journeying again with my identity of being... Uh, Vietnamese pastor okay. at Living Hope. I haven't mentioned this to a lot of people, um, uh, but uh, I've I've been uh, journeying with God, and He's kind of telling me, "What does it mean, Daniel, for you to be a Vietnamese pastor in a multicultural church?" And so, so this sermon was awesome in writing because I felt like God was really revealing stuff to me. Um, so I had a bunch of stories that I would have loved to um, include, but um, I'll share one with you um, that has been um, heavy on my heart. And uh, so we're talking about um, Jesus remembering the forgotten. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was on the other side of that. So uh, growing up, we, I was in a Vietnamese Alliance church in Vancouver, and there's probably 30, 40 of us um, growing up. And I was probably just a teenager at the time. But uh, we saw a bunch of white pastors come to our church, right? So we were on the other side of, of just being those who were remembered and those who were on the in crowd. Um, and so anytime the white pastors would come to our church, we would chew them up and uh, spit them out. We were so, we didn't treat them well at all. Um, and then I was young at the time, and so I didn't know any better. Uh, uh, but uh, we had one uh, pastor um, for several years, maybe six or seven, who stuck it out. He stuck around. And I remember um, he would just extend himself. Like he, he, he would just stretch himself so much. He'd be a part of everything. And he would show up to every group, and he just really wanted to be a part of our community. Mm. And uh, how we treated him is like we would talk behind his back in Vietnamese. Uh, we would make fun of his chopstick skills, uh, <laughs> and we would just like uh, see how long he would last. We we're like, this guy's like such a goofball. Like he's making a fool of himself. He's gonna. He's not gonna last that long. Uh, but he stuck around, and he showed mm. us his love. And um, just before I was leaving to go to Bible school, he was he was probably the biggest voice into to calling those traits out in me and I at that time I grew a, a, a deep respect for him but uh, um, and unfortunately like um, uh, his his uh, he he actually passed away uh, at the age of 43 oh, from, wow. from some health um, uh, issues and so it, it it was it was really tough but um, to, mm-hmm. to to look back on that and the lessons that he taught me uh, is helps me today to be so open to to even uh, people who are different from my culture and, and, mm-hmm. and being journeying through that and realizing like, wow, God loves everybody. And even the fact that uh, I'm Vietnamese married to Adele, that's a whole another story and journey in itself yeah. because I, I always pictured myself marrying some Vietnamese. But but yeah, those, these are all great stories that yeah. I've had. I'm journeying through it and uh, I would have loved to include them all. Maybe as I keep, uh, continue preaching, like they'll, they'll come up, but uh, this is kind of... Um, where I'm, where I'm at. Well, I want to encourage you because it, sharing these sort of stories, I think when pastors uh, get the opportunity to preach and you're able to share your journey of faith in uh, understanding your identity mm-hmm. of being loved and cherished by God, that Christ came uh, to redeem you 
and it doesn't matter yeah, your right. skin tone or your upbringing mm-hmm. that it's important to to share them because you know you might be giving voice to somebody else's journey and they've never experienced that or heard it in the church even before and so you know thanks for sharing Thank that you. with Thank us you. daniel and yeah. i want to encourage you to keep doing it because yeah. you know your your voice is very important mm, and I believe that. yeah yeah and god has definitely brought you to this place at this time to to mm-hmm. be a, a voice of the continued journey of finding our identity in him and just you know coming yeah. to that true understanding and i'm glad you're working with our youth because that's a, a great demographic to yeah. talk about these sort of things yeah. with no, they're great there's <laughs> they're a great bunch and they definitely represent all kinds of colors right and, mm-hmm. and and so it's it's been really cool relating to them and uh um yeah no they're they're a great bunch all right so uh i guess the this the final question is you know what do you want us to take away from this sermon because on sunday morning i know you're going to tell us yeah right but this is kind of like the the opportunity to double down on it okay, to, yeah. to, if people listen to this before <laughs> the sermon's preached or if they listen to it afterwards it's just the, the reminder of Okay, what was the the key point? What does Daniel want us to take out of it? What did yeah, God inspire right. him to proclaim to us? So. Yeah, uh, so I'm just going to share my three points, and then I'm going to talk about what I want us to do and remember about it. So the three points that I'm focusing on is Jesus remembers the forgotten, so he will remember you. Hmm. Jesus remembers the forgotten because he was forgotten. And Jesus remembers the forgotten so that the forgotten can remember others. Hmm. So there's kind of this progression of like... You are, you are remembered. You're forgotten. You're loved. You're valued, <clears throat> and once you have this, when you once you understand that your identity, then you can move out to remember others and those who are forgotten or marginalized. Um, some of us get stuck, or some of us just just hold on to all that blessing, right? And yeah. some of us just uh, get filled up, and and then we don't go out. Or some of us <clears throat> don't feel filled up, and then but we're pressured to go to go out, and and we're not filled by God, and so. Uh, that progression, we need to go through that. And, and uh, it's funny, I was speaking at youth last night, uh, and we just put, uh, and the, the topic was uh, uh, we have messy families, and so uh, Jesus comes into his messy situation. He, he was born in a barn to scandalize teenage mother under Roman oppression, and so it wasn't the best of circumstances. And so yeah. a lot of your families are probably not that beautiful either. Um, but uh, God with us comes down and he is joining our mess. And uh, so then I was encouraging the youth to put down your phone, stop texting, get off Instagram, get off uh, your video games and just be present, be engaged mm-hmm. with your families. Yep. And, um, and so the challenge was the uh, third point of my sermon is Jesus remembers the forgotten uh, so that the forgotten can remember others. I wanted them to be present to others. But the whole time I was preaching, there is... Um, one one uh, female student, I'm not going to name her, but she she was like, no one remembers me, no one no one ever sees me, and I, I'm just in the middle of my point, and and it just got really awkward because <laughs> she kept uh, interrupting, and I was like, oh man, I I wish I had more time than this 15 minutes to get to talk to the youth, um, to to address some of these things because it's true, like some of them may feel like they don't uh, feel, um, noticed or remembered. And and she talked to me after, like, sometimes I can just leave my teddy bear on the chair and, uh, leave and no one will notice that I left the table. And I was like, wow, those are some real things. And so just walking through that progression of like, no, but Jesus remembers you, Jesus sees you. And this Mm. is how he sees you. He makes all these promises in the Bible. So number one, um, if you feel forgotten, Jesus remembers you, Jesus sees you right, right now. He knows your pain. He knows what you're going through. You you can do it today. Like today is a new day. 
you are able to get through this, and Jesus is going to help you through that. God, God remembers you when when you feel like everyone else has forgotten you. So that's my yeah. first encouragement to whoever's listening. Yeah. But secondly, <clears throat> we don't stop there. We we tend we usually do because life bogs us down. We mm-hmm. get a bunch of responsibilities, and we feel filled up by God. But then we forget to remember others. And so, if you're in a place where you have felt secure in your identity with God. Um, use that advantage, I would say in my sermon, um, to help the disadvantage. Yeah. Use the places in your life, even if you feel like you're, <clears throat> you, you lack in certain areas. I talk about it in my sermon, like uh, <clears throat> uh, v- being Vietnamese, I felt like it was a crutch for most of my life. But then I focus on the other areas of my life where I have been blessed. Yeah. Like number one, I um, speak English. Like that is already... A great advantage that I have even over my parents who mm. I've seen struggled um, and uh, uh, just making a living um, and number two I have an education like this yeah. these are all advantages that I can use to help others and then but number three um, everyone who believes in Jesus and have received his hope and the, the transformation that we've received that's also an advantage and that's also the ways that Jesus has remembered us and has blessed us and so how can we use these advantages to help those who are disadvantaged and what would it look like if we've changed our mindset to, from believing like, oh God, I don't have enough. I don't, I need more, especially just this season, right? And, yeah. Uh, and, and using our advantage to, to help others and, and remembering those who are on the, the fringes, on the margins and, and drawing them in because that's, that's the God we serve. And he's the one who showed up to the shepherds. He, he, proclaimed his good news to shepherds and i love in in luke chapter 2 verse 18 it says then the shepherds they didn't just sit with the news um but they actually went to see the baby and then they shared it with people yeah and what it said was that the people were amazed they they did something about it they didn't just hold on to that news for themselves but they shared it and people were amazed and so that's kind of the challenge i want to leave with everybody um, that was a long wrap up. No, but okay. that's a good, it was okay. good. I appreciate it. And you know, it's probably one of those ones people might have to, to swipe the bar to the left and re-listen to, but it's, it's a solid challenge. Okay. Like the fact Thank that you. God has blessed us, that we need to pass it on to others and just speak it into their lives, what he has done for us. So, yeah, right. you know, I appreciate you being on the podcast, Daniel. And, uh, just to let everyone know that we're not going to have group discussions, uh, kind of for a few weeks leading up to Christmas and after. I was looking forward to them coming. Well, they might be up. I don't okay. know. Maybe I'll just feel like doing the work anyways just to keep my rhythm. There's something to say about rhythm. So, uh, And if you need to give feedback on the discussion questions, we always like to hear it or on the podcast, please let us know. And Daniel, thanks again. And, yeah, thank you. Uh, Kirk, we miss you and we, we look forward you. to it. Yeah. yeah, come back to us soon. All right, have a good day, everyone. Merry Bye. Christmas.